money. You can't really get through life without it. Some people use it to define success. Some people use it as the key to reach their goals. And some people use it to attain freedom. Whatever your motivation, you need to know how to earn it, how to use it and how to grow it. For years, women have been telling their beauty stories, their success stories, their health stories. Now, we want to talk to women about their money stories. Welcome to Tilly Money. Jenny McCarthy was the General Manager of Group Colleges Australia and now consults to the business. Group Colleges Australia is a well-established professional registered training organisation that provides bachelor's degrees and an MBA to local and overseas students. The business is in the top 10 Australian providers of educational services and this includes Australian universities. You talk about giving you choices and it does. Getting educated gives you a lot of choices, a lot of options, financial independence for women, incredibly important. And the statistics that I saw a long time ago was that women that do set up in business are surprisingly more successful. Today's episode is brought to you by our principal partner, Mortgage Choice. 2020 has been a challenging year, so Mortgage Choice and its national network of mortgage brokers are on a mission to help Australians restart their 2020. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or investment property or want to refinance an existing home loan to get a better deal, let a mortgage choice broker answer all your questions, show you what's available and do the legwork to help you restart 2020. Visit mortgagechoice.com.au or call 137762 to speak to your local broker. Jenny, welcome to Tilly Money. Thank you. We want to learn so much about you today, Jenny, because I know that you've been part of this very successful business. But before we go into talking about Group Colleges Australia, let's hear more about you. And where did you learn about money growing up? Very good question. Mm -hmm. took me a while to think about that. Fundamentally, um, I think it was because my parents owned a business. Yep. And when I was... uh, just got into high school, uh, the decimal currency came out. So because I was at high school, I was the one that learned and taught my parents Mm. about decimal currency from pounds, from pounds, shillings and pence. You haven't got a penny and a shilling, you've got a cent and a dollar. Mm. Yeah, so I think that was it, plus the fact that I was working in the business even then, Mm. and I was only 12. Goodness. Um, Mm. So I think that sort of gave me a pretty good grounding. Mm. I don't know whether that's the you know, the definitive answer or not. Um, But um, also that afforded us, um, I think, uh, a better lifestyle. And because my parents had a business, even though they couldn't call them wealthy by any stretch, but that allowed them to make decisions for me, for training and uh, how I first got started, which was only a secretarial course at TAFE. But that was something that a lot of other people from a small country town in New South Wales, did not get to do. Really? And what was that country town? Gundagai. Gundagai, right. Um, <laughs> isn't there a dog on the... Um, yes. Yes, yes. The dog, that. I won't sing the song. But <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe yes. when we bring you back for another time, you know, when we get to know you a bit better, Jenny. But um, so you, what I see now is a young girl, country town, mm. um, obviously 
aware and keen, you know, mm. to support your parents yes. um, through this you know, big change with decimal currency when you think about it and people would just take for oh, granted. absolutely. Especially my parents, they had no idea. Yeah, well, change, change, change is, um, is a big thing for, for most people and that was significant change. Yeah. So what happened then? You, you were in the country town, you were doing your own thing. Um, did the girl then leave Gundagai? Absolutely. Okay, and why? Yes, um, I went to, I started work in the bank. Yes. And I transferred out uh, to Canberra. Okay. Uh, to Kingston mm-hmm. Branch in ACT. Yep. And um, lived in Queanbeyan for a while. And then uh, maybe the bank to seeing people's money mm. posting. Mm. When I first worked in Gundagai at the bank, we uh, used to post everything by hand. Oh, really? So... Which we had bank a big is this? Is it, it, CBC, C- which CBC, doesn't yep. exist anymore. Commercial Banking Corporation. C- Commercial Banking Company, Company of Sydney Limited. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And we used to post everything by hand. Yeah, really. So you are sitting there literally turning over checks yeah. and posting bank balances mm. into people's accounts in this big Kalamazoo system. Goodness. Um, so I guess you sort of see people that are doing well, people that aren't. You mm. know, you know people in town that are doing well and people that aren't. Mm. Um Maybe the observations of how people could live a better life. Mm. I don't know. As mm. I say, I, I half the time I don't think you're aware. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, it's through assimilation, yeah. immersion. Yeah, osmosis. You're just osmosis. learning things. That's yes. one of my favourite words. It's a good osmosis. word. It's a very good word. Mm. Um, so yeah. So then I went off to Canberra and um, was out on my own. 19, I suppose, in those days, that's probably pretty old. But um, I uh, left home when I was 19 and went to live in Canberra with a couple of girlfriends. Um, and then I got married and, and I bought my first house when I was 21. Did you really? Mm. Yeah, 21, 22, mm. I guess. Was that another link through the bank that you would have seen well, people borrow um, money and Yeah, actually the banks and... weren't that generous in those days. It was later that um, we got a pretty big fill-up when I actually bought my house with my current husband mm. um but yeah my my ex-husband mm. oh, i divorced him um <laughs> he was a public servant okay. and i obviously had a job in the bank so we had mm. that security okay, okay. um and yeah. the house you bought was in canberra the house yes okay oh yeah, yeah. it was okay. a house that we lived in it was an investment we bought okay. you know a family home and we lived there for you know a number of years so already you're starting to accumulate assets absolutely at a, a pretty young age and absolutely. so so track us along then because i'm eventually going to get to the story of um a group colleges australia but i think we've got a few few bits yeah, and pieces yeah. to fill in well as i say um i bought that house i divorced i took the uh finances from that went overseas so i traveled okay. fairly extensively overseas head to london Yep. Of course, it's a done thing. Kangaroo yes. down yep. in notes, uh, what was Earl's Court. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we um, we did all that. Then I left and went overseas. Um, Travelled overseas, came back. Couldn't didn't want to go back to Canberra, so I came to Sydney. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I lived here for a number of years. Again, um, bought a, I had the choice. It's interesting when you're talking about these things, but triggers your mind. When I came back, um, I had some money left 
um, which was in those days a substantial amount. I, I went to London when I was 25 with $10,000 mm. with me, which yeah. was mm. – I, I met up with kids over there that had the return air fees yeah, that yeah. they cashed in. Mm-hmm. So $10,000 in those days was a lot of money. Mm. Um, and some of this, the proceeds of the sale of the house, you would have made some yeah, capital gain. Yeah, when that. I divorced, that yeah, was, yeah. It was the settlement. So um, – so I, I went to London, travelled around, still came back, had some money. Mm. So the decision for me was at that time um, Qantas had just organised the first flights into China. Okay. And I had the choice of whether to, to go travelling again and, and take a trip to China or mm. to buy a house. Mm-hmm. So I bought, well, not a house, a unit. Mm-hmm. So I bought a unit. Okay, in So Sydney. I mm. guess, you know, you, you can say... Bad decisions are good decisions, mm. you know. Even rich people make three bad decisions in there from shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in yeah. life. Yeah. So it's easily done. So uh, buying property in Sydney, I don't think you'd ever really say that could be a bad decision. <laughs> yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But that's what I mean. I at least had the brains of the, you know, whatever to, yeah. to go with that decision. Yeah, very much. And so you were then living in the unit in Sydney that you yep. bought? You were working in Sydney. Yes. And then... Um, then what, I met Alan. Then you met Alan. Alan. <laughs> well, but life changed. Life does always change. But I do know you're a bit like me, Jenny, and you keep um, your McCarthy as your name. I do. And Alan has a different name, just like me and my husband. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Why did you do that? I know why I did it, but... Well, because I'd been divorced, yep. I thought, well, you know, I wasn't my husband's name and I went mm. to all that trouble to get rid of it, yes. which in those days was was, was yeah, a, a process. Of, yes, I it imagine. was a process, mm. right? And I thought, well, why would I take somebody else's name again? Mm. Yes. And, yeah. I, you know, and by that stage I was, by the time I met him, I was 31. Okay, okay. 32 or something, okay. 32 maybe. Mm. It's our third, it was our 34th anniversary mm. last Sunday. Wow. Mm. Um, so I thought, well, why would I take somebody's name again? Mm. Mm. And I thought, well, I am me now. Mm. That's, you know, who I am. Mm. And there is a lot in a name, you know, that question, what's a name? But it it does give you a sense of you haven't changed to be Absolutely. Mrs. Yeah. Manly in your case. or But you're still A lot of Jenny people still McCarthy. call me that, but I don't get yeah. upset about it. Some people call him Mr. McCarthy. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah we, we go with the flow. Yeah, I do that. I actually quite like it because... Many people may or may not know listening to this that, you know, my husband's Peter Switzer and I really love it when – and Peter's got a fairly well-known name. Mm. I really love it when people call him Peter Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Gives me a certain kind of thrill. But uh, but so you've met Alan. Um, you then progress towards – business with Alan? Are you working in Group Colleges Australia? Tell us it wasn't tell us it the wasn't it wasn't Group Colleges Australia. Okay. The, the the process was this. He owned or he went into a educational institution okay. with a partner. Yes. Um that partner had a we were we had a few issues and he Alan had to sell out. So we then went away, did our own thing for about three and a half years. Okay. Uh, that was from 1996. Uh, 22nd of November 1999, we bought it back out. Well, he bought it back out of administration okay. because the other guy. Um, and let's say, I mean, it is. these are the kind of things that we will be looking at in terms of tilling money. Partnerships can be fraught with danger. Absolutely. Yeah, they're a relationship. 
And we they know are. relationships are difficult. Absolutely. It's all life. Absolutely. Yes. They are very, very difficult. Mm. Um, and, I, you know, something that I said later on. Um, so they are difficult. They are fraught with, um, you know, inconsistencies, trust issues. Mm. You think that you know the person and you don't. Yes, yeah. Um, so extricating yourself from those things can get incredibly messy, and it was very messy. Mm. We ended up with a, a very bit of court case, um, and uh, they which were is out. incredibly stressful. Mm. Oh, look! All these things teach yeah. you teach you things. Teach you things. You know, you would never very good positive never do that, that again. So, no. but then he, you know, at that stage, at that stage, um, we didn't uh, have a lot of money, so we had to go into partnership with somebody else again mm. but then as the process went on we brought that person out and mm. so that's it yeah. okay and so this was then the movement towards group colleges Australia absolutely at this stage. absolutely so we're talking what around the early uh, 2000 yeah yeah, yeah 2000, okay. 2001 i think okay so now tell us group colleges australia i said in the introduction that it's an educational organization give us more detail it's who who are you educating what are you offering it's an independent, mm -hmm. what, what they call them now is an independent higher education okay. institution. Okay. Um, and we educate students in, uh, there's two bachelor's degrees, mm -hmm. accounting and business, and an MBA, mm -hmm. uh, which focuses or has a stream in entrepreneurship. Okay. Just because of Alan and, yep. you know, left school, year nine, Bacchus Marsh. Yeah. and uh, has built what most people would consider a, a fairly successful business. Mm. Um, it's now 22 years old, mm. that independent business yes. of yes. itself. Yes. So we educate, um, we do have rights to deliver it to local students, which okay. we do on mm. a very small scale at the moment. Um, but fundamentally it is aimed at the international market and you know we can have students from up to 34 different countries at mm. any one time. That in terms of what your offering is, Jenny, does the college do very similar to university? So the students actually come in and they are physically at your premises. They were up they until were, COVID. Until COVID, okay. So yes, absolutely. So has COVID changed the yes. way things? Take yes. us through that. Yes. What happened when COVID hit was we had to go online because mm. we still had these students mm. uh, that needed to be taught. Um, we did a fairly rapid changeover, mm -hmm. but we were already into technology and we were already um, going to deliver uh, online. So the business So the business was already was sort up, of yeah. at the preliminary stage, probably even more progressed than that, more okay. advanced than that. Um, we took two weeks and trained the teachers. We took a two-week break and said, okay, this is the way it's going to be. We trained our teachers, which mm. not a lot of other people did. No. Mm. Um, they just said, right, this is Friday, this is Monday, go mm. out there. Mm. Um, but we didn't. We, we got the lecturers in. We taught them how to use the technology. Um, we already had a lot of the material online. Um, and then we went even further, and we now have these cameras that follow the lecturer around. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it's not as though they're just sitting at a desk no, and, you no. know, right. So if the lecturer wants to be like a good lecturer... Exactly. ...very Get present, up, animated, very connected... walk yes, around, yes. they do all that. Okay. So okay. that adds, um, 
I think, a different level of interest yeah. for the student. Well, it enhances the connection between Absolutely. lecturer and student, yeah. I would imagine. Mm. Yes, mm. yeah. And the te- it's better for the teacher too. Yes. Instead yeah. of just sitting there looking at a screen, you mm. know, that's not very uh, good for the teacher, for the no. lecturer either. Well, particularly when you're telling jokes. <laughs> but it would be a totally different experience that you would have had to do in that training period yeah. with, with your, not your students this time, but with the, the deliverers, yeah, with the, lecturers, the teacher, yeah. lecturers, yes. And we, um, part of the difference that, that we bring to the table is the fact that we do use and always have used technology extensively because mm. Alan and I, and actually for that matter, the first partner that he ever had, came from a technology background. Right. Okay. We used to work for a company called Digital Equipment Corporation, which mm. was second only to YBM oh, really? in its day. Not mm. that many people have heard of it, but it was the second yeah. largest okay. computer company in its day. Mm. So we come from that technology background mm. and, and Alan being Alan is always looking for better. Not it's not the cheapest. We spent a fortune on everything if we think that it's the way to go. Mm. Um, and we um, deliver a lot of information to the students via an app. Mm. Um, they can log on line, get answers to anything. They can have Zoom meetings with the staff mm-hmm. so they don't have to spend two and a half hours mm. coming in by train to mm. spend five minutes in front of somebody. Yes, yes. Crazy. Yes. So your tutorials in the what I would understand from my university days, you would now have those operating via Zoom? Yes. And then independent consultations where you want to yes, go and see your tutor. Absolutely. And they say, they, you say well. if you want to chat, you hit the chat button and yep. the lecturer will say, okay, you know, we can chat offline at this time or, you know, I'll be free at this time, mm. you know, and we can they can actually, you know, chat mm. to each other. And how do you judge um, I'm sh- you, the way that students are receiving this or... This is... Um, Basically, we do lots of surveys internally, mm-hmm. but as far as comparison to the rest of the entire market is through this process called QUILT, okay. QILT. Mm-hmm. And the students respond to a survey, independent. Mm-hmm. You know, they log into an independent thing and they, they answer all the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a set process that all the students go through, uh, whether they're at university or whether they're at a private higher ed. And, um, you know, we do incredibly well at that and we are conscious of maintaining um, that status, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And during COVID, we have done incredibly well Mm -hmm. in being able to keep uh, students and have still have students wanting to come to us Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, agents offshore saying, you know, when, how are we going to get students in? Because, you know, they, they want to come even for next year. Mm. We've got, you know, reasonably good enrolments. Mm. Considering. What, what age group is um, the students largely? Look, they, they're various ages. Some of them come straight out of high school mm. from other countries. Some of them have already done a bachelor degree here and then mm. they go on to do our masters. Or they may be... Um, you know, doing uh, a bachelor's, want to do a bachelor's with us and then go off and do a master's mm. with someone else. There's all sorts of mm. combinations. But probably uh, 20 to 35 would capture okay. most of them. Okay. I don't think so they, they are also a group of people that are very responsive to anything that's IT. Certainly once they get to master's, they're yeah. very focused, yes, as yeah. most people are when they do a master's. So... We've had this experience of COVID. Your business, um, you know, Business College Australia, has adapted. You know, in that period, already preparing for that, which is always helpful. 
and then adapted to a different educational experience in an online world. How does the business see the way forward? Is it going to be like a hybrid of classroom and online? Tell us Categorically. about that. Oh. Categorically. We've done surveys mm-hmm. on students that want to come back to the classroom mm-hmm. and something like overall about 75% of them are happy to stay at home. Really? Okay, okay. And what about how does that blend in terms of domestic and overseas? Oh, that the, well, even the universities who have mm. domestic students, our major, the majority, by far the majority of our students are international. Mm. Um, but even the locals, um, I think across the board, mm. in some institutions, it get up, it gets up to eighty to eighty seven percent. Really, that's yeah. very very high. Very high. Yeah, very high. How do you get around, Jenny, the idea of? what an education offers or has this been looked at in terms of absolutely the fundamental core subject work but at university you have the experience of mixing yeah i know physically That's... with people it almost forms a network group that sets you uh, up for life and what, for uh, for international students it, it's important because mm. it's by immersion yes you know if they're sitting at home or a lot of what they learn is by immersion yes. because they have to come in, they have to mix with other people yes. of you know, 34 different nationalities, plus the, the, the lecturers, the staff, um, management, all that, you know, on a campus. Mm. Um, and that is going to be, you know, very, very difficult. Mm. I don't know how you replace that. Yes, yes, I guess And, and it's the same for everybody else, you yeah. know, all these people sitting at home. Mm. You know, how how do you replace that for anybody, mm. that mm. interaction, mm. you know, that water cooler talk? That's right, you know? yes, yeah, the coffee together or the Absolutely. Oh, yeah, let's yes. go for coffee. Oh, let's just duck down and have lunch, you know, yeah. come back to the office and all of that. It's, yes. it's pretty much the same for anybody. But, yeah, I, I think it is even more important for international students but how we get that back I don't know. Yeah it's a tough one because I do know as an employer when I look at resumes and I'm happy to employ anybody you know that as long as they've got the skills and the attitude but when I do look at I don't quite look as many resumes as I used to but when I do look at um, a job application and I see that someone has um, come from another country one thing that would make them more favourable in my eyes would be that they've been educated in this country. Oh, yes. And that, or they've lived in this country for a certain... Because that means then they're, as you say, the immersion, they're yep. adapting a cultural way yep. of the country. And an employer, that's an interesting thing. So do you see that as a challenge, something that all of us in business have to work on, but particularly people who are in educational areas. Is there a way around that? Or? Oh, look, if there is, I don't know what it is. Yes. I yes. think it's something that, you know, we're all going to have to work our way through. Mm. But certainly when you're looking at hiring people, God knows I've looked at thousands, um, and all the people that I've hired mm. successfully and otherwise. Yes. Um, we'll sure talk we've all about had that a hit, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously you need them. To have that background and that understanding of the mm. society and the culture that they're living in. Yes, yes. Um, because that's just too hard. And when they don't get that immersion, it'll be interesting to see uh, what effect, if any, that has on on you know, international students. Yes, yeah. 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 It's a big challenge for all of us, as I said, in so many mm. different industries, yeah. but particularly... Yeah, but they are out students. there. You know, most of them, uh, they can work for 20 hours a week. 
yes. and, in, and certainly at uh, bachelor's and higher ed level. When the holidays are on, I think um, they can work unlimited hours. So, mm. And most of them do have to have a job. Yes. Um, even though they're probably... Um, well, I always look at it, you know, could I afford to send my son overseas and mm. live for five years? Well, mm. probably, but mm. there's not too many of us at that level. Yes, yeah. So, you know, they are... Uh, probably at the wealthier end of the scale, but it mm. still is a struggle for oh, some of them. Yeah, it definitely would be. Mm. Jenny, you've been in business for a number of years now. Most of us in business know that business has challenges, <laughs> as you said, even with the employment mm. you know, situation, some successful, some not. Um, if someone came to you as a younger person and said, I like what you've done with Group Colleges Australia... Can you give me some advice? I'd like to set up a business. I'd even like to set up... They might be brave and say, I'd like to set up an educational business. What could be the key things that you might tell them about being in business for yourself? Everybody has different experiences, and you know, as you go on through life. But I know it sounds blasé. There's two things I'd say. Get the structure right. You know, Make sure that you've got... Um, not somebody who's going to rip you off. And that comes back to trust. How can you know that you're going to trust somebody? And that, to me, is one of the biggest things. And then set up the structure because one way or another you're going to end up playing, you know, endless lawyers for endless BMWs and whatever latest boat they've got in their mind, uh, which we've done a lot of that too. Um, (laughs) Very generous of you. Too generous. So, uh, you know, get the structure right or at least as right as you think you can get it. Um, Have an exit strategy. Um, and all these things are important. But And then, of course, you know, you've got regulatory environments of which education is extremely, of course, regimented, mm-hmm. um, going through the registration process. Um, but so to be actually registered is like a, um, with the relevant departments of education or higher studies to be registered called, as a training provider? It's called TEXA. Texer. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to now say that Jenny is um, gesturing with her hand to slit her throat. So, so obviously we're saying, like with all kind of registrations, and believe me, in our business we've exactly. got the same. Exactly. You is, are regulated is, to death as well. This is tough stuff. It is. So it's, it's a warning that when you go into business and you have got starry eyes, oh, that yes. you've got to be aware, and even though... You're not a negative person and neither am I, but if you're giving advice to someone younger, you've got to tell it what's oh, all. you've got to. And I, I don't know how you get that message through to young people because they are, you know, and Alan writes about this all the time because he writes for everybody. You know, he's got an article in the Daily Telegraph today. Um, and they're always asking him about entrepreneurship, starting businesses, you know, what's important, and he keeps saying cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, yes. and, and all sorts of things like this. Um, but that comes from, you know, like you and I, 30 mm. and 40 years in yeah. business. Yeah. And for everybody, it's going to be a different experience. Yes. Yeah. They're going to have different trials and tribulations yeah. to come up with that, that one thing or two or three or even four things, yeah. you know, to try to cover the whole spectrum of all the things that go wrong. Yeah. And how you get out of it, mm. it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, so right. I mean, I've heard you mention earlier here about partnerships. 
I can't tell you, and I'm sure that you'll say, Maureen, I've had exactly the same. I've seen friends who they say, we've got a great idea. We're going to go into business together. I'm not a cynic, but I actually, I don't make a comment to them unless they ask for my advice. And yep. I think if you value that friendship, Chip, do not go into business with a friend because you, you could lose the business and the friendship. And that's Absolutely. And that's why I say, you know, who do you trust? It comes back to trust. Mm. Um, but then, you know, people change. And one of the biggest things that I've found that's happened to us time and time again, it's a trust issue. But also people think that they have a right to that business. Mm. Um, we've come across this mm. so often. Mm. And they just think they can just come along and steal it. Mm. So you're saying an employee... Um, yeah, uh, employee, or? other people on the outside of the mm. business that have had affiliations with us mm. for various reasons. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they just think they can just come along and steal it. Well, I heard the same story about um, uh, actually friends of ours, but also people <coughs> we deal with in business. They're an art provider and they had a consultant in who ended up getting their confidential list of clients, got paid as a consultant and then went off and contacted every yeah, one of their clients and dragged them away from them. And they said that the financial loss, the stress, nah. the legal cost, it was a nightmare. So so these are the kind of lessons. Would you, would you how would you tell it to a young person? How do you do you put that in? Whether that be a son, a daughter, a niece, a nephew, a friend? Oh um I don't know. Um as I said Ensure that the structure is set up so that you allow control. So mm. that you've, you've, so at least you feel as though you've got some sense of control. Mm. Um, and when you say structure, just let it, let's get a little bit granular on that, Jenny. So you're saying go to an accountant or a lawyer. Both. Get both. Get yourself recognised as a business unit, whether that be you're a sole trader, you're yep. a partnership with a proper partnership agreement, agreement. and cross exactly. your fingers and cross exactly. your fingers. And then it's based on, you know, if, if they bring the same, I, I'm not saying to diddle them, but I'm just saying if they bring the same amount to the partnership, yep. then, then you're, you're true partners. But if mm. they're not, get it structured, yep. hopefully and preferably that you keep control, mm. especially if it's your idea and you're bringing these other people in. That becomes difficult when you're relying on them for financial resources. Yeah, yeah very much. Always. Yeah. Right? But how you structure that, and that's mm. why I keep saying this structure thing, mm. how you structure that is very, very important. Mm. Um, so you're, what you're saying, Jenny, and you've got a total believer here from someone who's been in business a long time as well, is that if you've got some money to start a business, spend that money wisely, go into an accountant, yes. go into a lawyer yep. and get Spend it, right it up front. The get the best of. advice that you mm. can up front yep. because ultimately down the track, if it's not right um, and there's you. any wriggle room mm. in that, you are going to end up paying a hell of a lot. Mm. Mm. hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah. First, first big lesson we have, and we'll write that in gold, and we'll quote, we'll quote you. Yeah, we do a lot of e-books as well here at yeah. Telly Money, Jenny, mm. and we'd love to feature you in an e-book with the, the lessons of business, you know, mm. the most important There's plenty of one. Them. There are plenty of them. Mm. I mean, even going to an accountant, I, I come from a long line of chartered accountants, okay, so I understand, even from the word go, you know, I had, I had that there, because to get that relationship going with your accountant, one, on structure, but two, understanding you mentioned cash flow. Maybe we could talk for a minute about the importance of cash. Yeah. No, oh. We're not talking about 
you get underhand cash payments. We're talking no. about the the importance of having money move through your business, Absolutely. being in your business. And profitably. And profitably. Um, take, take us through the importance of that. Uh, well, cash flow. If you if you don't have the cash flow, clearly, you, you, you don't have an ongoing business. Mm. Um, and... What's the point? You know, you're working for somebody else, or you're, you know, you're spending long hours worrying about it. Everything suffers. Mm-hmm. So, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Yes, is the, you know, primary reason for people to be in the in, in a business. And Jenny, when you say cash flow, I might have a business that over the year my summers are fantastic. Mm. Okay, but six or nine months of the year, they're not too good. Mm. So. When you say cash flow, are you saying that somehow you've got to work out that every month of the year... Absolutely. You've got, you've to, got have to have positive. Or yeah. that whatever you make in the summer, summer. Mm-hmm. has to tide you over. That's right. Now, in our business, um, we have to do drawdowns. We cannot take all of the students' money up mm-hmm. front. We have to string it out. Yep. Now, from uh, December or basically from October... Um, we would not have any intakes Mm -hmm. because that used to be semester three and that was it. Then you wouldn't get another intake until February the next year. Okay. Mm. So trust me, Christmas time was pretty lean. Yeah, yeah. Um, So you had to extrapolate that and make Mm. sure that you were not trading in a situation of insolvency. That's right. Over all that period. Which is a very, very serious crime. Absolutely. The government has changed a little bit because of COVID. Take us, what does trading insolvency, in tra- trading insolvent mean, Jen? Well, you actually can't, you actually can't pay your staff, you can't pay your debtors, you can't pay all the people. And for us, um, as an entity, as a regulated entity, you know, if, if we were trading in a situation of insolvency, we wouldn't have a licence. That's totally right, totally right. So You're basically you, you, trading yeah. in a deceiving people yeah. that you can pay their bills. Yeah, you when know, you can't. And you can't. Yeah. And it, it actually is a criminal offence. Yeah. So and there's a, there's a reason why, because yeah. somewhere along the line, once you get into that situation, you know, what's going to change? What What's the bluebird of happiness that's mm. going to come down and save you? Yeah. There isn't, there probably mm. isn't one. Yeah. If you've got yourself to that point and you keep trading, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people that convince themselves that they're going to come out of it, mm. but, you know, it's... Doesn't happen that often. They just don't. I mean, COVID, the government did have to slightly relax some of this because of otherwise businesses would have, and all it would have, yeah, all of that had to be relaxed for a period of time. But it's such an important thing because otherwise you can so easily deceive someone. I might come along and do a whole lot of work for you, mm. not knowing that you cannot afford to pay me, yeah. and that in itself is the crime. Yeah, I think COVID's a bit different because, you know, they keep saying that we've sort of gone into suspension. If they were profitable before, you know, getting back, you, I think everybody's making the assumption that we're going to get back yes. in some way or form mm. um, that they can trade out of it. You know, so it's sort of suspended. Sure. If they were profitable, then mm. they can probably get back into business mm. and at least making some money, even if they've had to cut back mm. a bit. Um, but certainly on a normal day-to-day basis, yeah, trading in a situation of insolvency is not good. Yeah, and that, again, this leads back to the idea of having the relationship with the accounts and having, you know, a real recognition of the importance of proper accounting and proper yes. bookkeeping mm. because then you've got it in front of you, black and white, oh, yeah. what your cash flow is so you can spread it out or get the need for an overdraft if that's, if that's what you need. 
you know, go to go to a lender. We used to get a daily cash flow. Yep, yep, every daily day. Daily cash flow from our account. Yeah, every day. Yeah. Every day. So you know exactly the position where of cash. I could sit yeah. there and look at it and if, yeah. you know, it was, I'm saying, hope, yep. you know, got to do something. Yeah. And, I mean, I wasn't even the account. That was yeah. up to the account, but I used to make sure I got that cash flow statement And that's your own comfort. Day. I mean, oh, it's, it's great for comfort. the business, but it's your comfort. It's my comfort, yes. absolutely. Yeah. I could look at that and say, yeah, yes, I can yeah, eat tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And sleep, and sleep. Because they do so, Jenny, that, you know, business owners, what's, what, what keeps them awake at night? And, and again, I'm, I'm with you here because, like you, I've been a business owner for years. It was always cash. You mm-hmm. know, was I going to lose this? Was I going to lose that? Not so much, you know, these days you become more mature, but in those first years, you know, where sometimes you can't even get an overdraft from oh. the bank. You might not have bricks and mortar, but... It is apparently what, what really does cause insomnia amongst business this owners. Is, this is one of the problems in our business because we don't have assets. Mm. You know, we don't own buildings. Mm. You know, we rent buildings. Yes. So there's no assets per se to buy on our off. balance sheet mm. um, in the typical sense. Yeah. You know, we have assets by way of income and running a business, but mm. that's why that is even more important for us because we don't have cash that you can take mortgages out yes. on or get loans on yes purely yeah. on the cash flow yeah yeah um so for us it's even more focused yeah so important uh. you mentioned earlier about structure is really important and then you said um earlier as well the exit strategy mm. take us through that uh well it, it's just being able to get out of the business or a business on your own terms mm-hmm. was the, the way i think of an exit strategy mm. Um, I guess there's lots of other ways you could think of exit strategies, but that's that's what I think of it as. Um, you know, you stay in the business for as long as you want to, whatever it's doing what you want it to do for you. But I think that if something starts going wrong, that's when you really need to know how you're going to get out of this before you lose everything because that's what you could be looking at. I'm not saying you would be. There may be other reasons why you want to change. Suddenly you decide you want to move to Queensland or something mm, and mm. do something completely different with your life. Mm. But you still need to have that ex- exit strategy mm. to get out and what I keep coming back to on your own terms, yes. not being dictated to by somebody else. That's right. Mm. And I hate having to rely on anybody else for anything. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we've got a lot in common, Jenny, to be honest. But uh, Jenny, with the numbers that are going through your courses, I'm just going back to group colleges again, because this is important for Tilly Money. The aim that we're doing uh, of Tilly Money, and it's a drive of mine and indeed all the team, is that we understand the importance of women being financially aware, financially independent. Because we say that that gives you choice. And choice Absolutely. is a very important thing in your life. We know that women are doing two things. They're coming through educational providers in big numbers in most courses. We also know that they're starting a lot of businesses. Is that what you're finding as well? Well, I haven't looked at the statistics for a long, long time, but as far as women going into business and their success or otherwise, but there is certainly a higher proportion of women Mm -hmm. that are now educating themselves or Mm -hmm. however they're doing it. In fact, you know, I was one of those... I went off and did my undergraduate and my master's um, as a mature age student. I actually went back to high, uh, did my HSC mm, as a mature age student. Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, 
admittedly, I was reasonably comfortable then anyway, but you talk about giving you choices, and it does. Mm. Getting educated gives you a lot of choices, a lot of options. Financial independence mm. for women, incredibly important. Mm. Um, and... The statistics that I saw a long time ago was that women that do set up in business are surprisingly more successful mm. um, statistically mm. than men mm. um, because they have a tendency they start small. Mm-hmm. It's something that they know how to do, mm. whatever that is. Um, I think they have a, a better intuition mm. um, about a lot of things, about other people, about the business that mm. they're in, um, how to run it. Mm. Um, all sorts of things. Mm. So I think that uh, it's a it's a great opportunity for them. Mm. And it also too gives them a, an ability to blend something that's important for men and women is yeah. being with family. Yeah. And rather than you know have long hours, successful hours for a number of people in you know in um, employment situation, running your own business <laughs> with all the headaches it can have it can also help with the flexibility in your life when you are raising family. What's been the greatest thing, financial achievement that you've made in your life that's made a difference? It could even be, it's funny, you know, we've got a whole variety of things. Your education, it could be someone even said, I bought a dog and that dog calmed me down so much I was actually able to lead a normal life again. You know, it's Mm. it's a bizarre thing. So for you, what's, what's been that great thing that's kind of been pivotal in your life? Um, I think being, because I was actually part of the business before I got my qualification. But um, so it's interesting the way things go. Um, Pivotal from the perspective that I was in business, I knew what I was doing. Then I went off and got my education. Mm. So it's... It's the other way around. Most people go off and get educated and then set up a business. Mm. So I already had a fairly good base, Mm. I think. Um, But I still think that getting an education completely changes how you feel about yourself. Mm. And there can be lots of things that can do that. Mm. It can be, you know, relationships. It can be family environment. It can be lots of things. Mm. But I still think, for me... It was uh, getting that education. It gave me a lot more confidence. Um, I think it made me believe more in myself. Um, I felt confident enough that I had the qualifications that I could contribute to the business. And this is the joke that my husband and I always t- say, that I was the one that had the qualifications and he was the one that had the brains. <laughs> um, because when we took the business back in November 1999, I had just graduated with my master's in 1998. Mm. So I felt as though that I could have, you know, nobody could sort of touch me. Sure, you sure, know what I understand I mean? what you mean, yes. Um, yeah. And as a woman, I think that's incredibly yeah, important. Yeah, your self-esteem was strong. Incredibly yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. And how you instill that mm. in kids. I've got what I call them my pseudo-grandkids. Mm. They're not my blood grandkids, mm-hmm. the neighbours' kids down the road. I've mm-hmm. just I know, see what you uh, acquired them yep, yep. by osmosis. By osmosis, as I did my son, yep. by osmosis. Yep. Um, so I keep... Uh, I don't know how you would instil it in them because they all go through the same process. You know, they're not confident. Mm. You know, they don't think that they've got anything to contribute or, you know, and they are, you know, the three most gorgeous girls. Yeah. 
And how do you tell them? Mm. You know, even me, how do you get them to understand mm. that, that they are just, you know, absolutely brilliant and can do whatever they want? Mm. Very, very difficult. Yeah, yeah. But the world is changing. I think women are seeing um, coming into their own. And certainly even sites like we have, where we're with Tilly Money, where everything we do has a focus on women. Yeah. You know, so you wouldn't have, you and I would not have had that experience. You know, I didn't mind um, in the least. You know, competing with men. You know, it was I love competition. But our site is about building up role models. You mm. know, so women know that Jenny McCarthy could do Group Colleges Australia, and Maureen Jordan. You know, built yeah. you know Tilly and umpteen other dozen businesses. Yeah. They've done it. I can do it. Exactly. You know, so having exactly. role models, I think is it's important. probably going to be more like that that they yes. can see people that they can identify with. Yes, yes. Uh, and I have another fame. I have another saying that I tell them. You know, um, for goodness sake, let me give you some money with a warm hand rather yeah. than a cold hand. Yeah. You know, yes. let me give it to you while I'm alive yeah. rather than oh, waiting yeah, I get you. until I'm yes. dead. Yeah, yeah, you know? very true. Yeah, very true. And the benefit is that you get the joy of seeing someone flourish exactly. with that too, which is a wonderful exactly. notion. Jenny, we've heard today about this 12-year-old girl living in Gundagai, teaching her parents about decimal currency. Went to work for Commercial Bank, CBC. 19, 20, 21, I can't exactly remember, you bought your first property, okay? You are 21. Okay, so... You married, that didn't work. You went overseas with $10,000, you know. You've had a lot of experience. Then you met the bloke of your life, Alan. <laughs> and we're both things having a changed. chuckle. Yeah. It was things, never things, boring. <laughs> things changed, never boring, which is exciting in itself. I love that. Jenny, if you looked back on that young woman of 21 that bought her apartment and you could say something to her now as someone who has achieved what you've achieved... What would you say to her, but I'm going to add a couple of words, if she would listen? Yes, that's the categorical, isn't it? Um, I guess you just try to tell people to have faith, have yes. confidence. Yeah. You know, you've been brought up a certain way. You've had, I, you know, I think most women, certainly in Australia these days, have had a pretty good base mm. on which to uh, plan their life. You know, have faith and have confidence mm. in in that background and, and the ability to make what you would know to be good decisions. Mm. And as I keep saying, you know, good decisions versus bad decisions. Mm. But um, most people, I think, left to themselves and based on their background, they could say, well, you know, that's a good decision. Mm. It's funny, that word confidence. You know, I've had a background in Latin, believe it or not, um, yeah. and... Uh, but um, confidence comes from the Latin word um, con, uh, fido, which is trust, going back to a word that you say is completely important. Confidence is trusting yourself. Yes, yes so exactly. That, that's a very good message to give to young yeah. Jenny if she'd listen. Okay, so now, Jenny, it's <laughs> rapid-fire time. Oh. You know, Claire, who you've met here, who's outside recording this, she um, composed this lightning round of questions. Yes. I'm going to say it pretty quickly and you say what you want, but we hope we... we um, you say what you want, but, you know, keep your answers short. Short, okay? exactly. So I won't rest until... I think I can rest. Oh, good. I think yes. I can. I'm pretty happy with how things have turned out for me. Yeah, very good. I like that. There's a piece in that in those words. Financial freedom is... Not having to rely on anybody. Ah, oh, fantastic, <laughs> yes. And also comes from um, regularly um, logging into tillymoney.com.au. <laughs> Always invest in... Yourself. True, true, true. And then you'll have confidence. The future holds. 
A lot more for me, I hope. Yeah, good. Even, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that optimism. No, no, there's no other state to be but optimistic. What's most important is having people you care about be happy. Yeah, love it. And however, however you do that, money in and of itself doesn't buy happiness. So true. But it sure beats the alternative. So true. Yes, I've been rich. I've been poor. Rich is better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but it'll never bring you happiness alone. No. no. And Jenny, finally, the world needs more. Women with confidence. Good on you, Jenny. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And please, I'd love you to come back and teach us more about business on Telemoney. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Your host this week was Maureen Jordan. Thanks to Ixon for our intro music. And see you next time. Thank you.